Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me this week, Kid Presentable. Fellas, uh, hopefully we'll talk about some sports today. Yeah, we get to talk about MMA, active MMA. Um, uh, hopefully only that sport, because when you start leaning into your football and your basketball and your baseball, Mark gets lost over here. Well... Yeah, we'll probably not hit any of those, but we'll see. Um, we got no uh, no uh, lavender gooms today. Um, got a work commitment, so he won't be joining us. Um, we'll get his picks for this Holloway Calvin Cater card um, later, or later in the week um, when the man is not sleeping. Um, so um, yeah, guys, um, we're gonna talk actual MMA. We're gonna talk about the UFC coming back for the first time. I mean, what was the last what was the last card? Was it the pay per view, or there was one after the pay per view? There was one after, right? I thought the, there was one after, maybe, maybe one or two after. Let me see. La- the one beef, the last one was Wonder Boy and um, and Neil. Yeah, yeah, so, that wasn't pay per view. Yeah, was a- that was a, just a decent card back in, on December nineteenth. So we got the UFC making its uh, ABC debut um, with Max Holloway, the former featherweight champion. Taking on Calvin Cater in a five round, uh, barn burner. Really the type of car fight you want to put on, um, free TV, to be honest. Um, the kind of like maybe we try to avoid the mistake we made when they went on to Fox and they only put on, um, Junior versus Kane and didn't air the co-main event, which was a three round fucking barn burner between Benson Henderson and Clay Guida, where everybody's like, Oh, we should have, we should have aired that one. That, that would have been good. <laughs> not the one of the fight. heavyweight fight that ended in like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably not the first uh, great first step for them. Being yeah, with Fox, exactly. Um, you live and learn. Exactly. Um, so um, the only MMA news I got this week really is I see that uh, more stuff about John Jones and uh, Izzy Adesanya not being that close. We got Dana White saying he's going to try to get Khabib to fight one more time. Um. To make him 30-0. I mean, Steph, I know what you want. You want Khabib and GSP. Dana White is pushing for Khabib versus the winner of... Okay, look. Dana White is pushing for Khabib versus Connor. Let's not even put in the possibility that he's pushing for the winner of Connor versus Dustin. Because he's not. I honestly can't understand the desire to make that fight. Because... You know, I get it the first time, right? There's the heat. There's Connor, the 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 personality, the 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 eyes he draws. But we all largely knew how that fight was going to go, and then it went that way and worse. Exactly. Yeah, but he got I mean, up on the feet too. I mean, like, you, you, what you, is the mystery in that rematch that anyone is interested in seeing it again? Like, well, okay. I, I I love Connor. I genuinely cannot fathom the interest in watching that rematch to watch him get smoked faster. Like, what's the appeal? The appeal I mean, in watching Connor is when Connor can shine. He cannot shine against Khabib. I mean, okay, when you're saying there's, you don't see it. You don't see it from a point of at like competition wise why anybody would want to see that. 
You know why they want to book it, though. Obviously, I mean, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, like, even even just from an interest perspective, I, I mean, it sold two point four million pay per views. I mean, I know why, but so I would. I think the that's point the most is, obvious. How it possibly again. I don't think it's going to get two point. I mean, if you say, here's the thing. I got like my I got friends who barely care about MMA. I'm sure you do, right? And they'll ask me stuff like, "Do you think we're going to see Connor and Khabib again?" And I'll be like, "Did you watch the first time?" And they're like, "Yeah, it was wild. They got into like a fight outside." I'm like. It's that bullshit that people get to. People are gonna stuff on someone. People are gonna pay for Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder a third time when the last time died, died, apparently died. Deontay Wilder was befelled by his heavy ring outfit. Like people don't give a shit how like one sided it was. True. You know? I think the other the other caveat though is that like Khabib doesn't want that fight. He has said multiple times like I'm not interested in giving that guy the platform again. He got he got his opportunity. I smoked him and we're done. And it, I mean, from my perspective, Habib has been very you know like I'm retired, except for maybe something really special. And Connor's not really special to Habib. It is for the pocketbooks of the UFC. Absolutely, that's a big fight. I mean, and, we're and talking that, about that is the selling point, Bobby. Right? That's the only yeah, thing that makes. Look, fight we're talking about uh, William William Morris Endeavor, who's not making any money right now besides the UFC. And we got a we got the lawsuit from hell coming down the pipe. Uh, I mean, there's money it to be probably, made. You know, then, and, they, and, and if that is the move, then why not just make that fight a title fight? Like, I still don't understand why they're doing like holding on to Habib coming back so much. Like, if Connor was the, if Connor gets the belt from Dustin and then he goes on a big Dustin, rant, I don't think they see Dustin as their champion. I think no, if, they're I think, not going to worry about that. No, I mean they got to be. I'm money. not concerned about the Connor Dustin fight and Dustin pulling something off because we've seen that fight already. Yeah, but I, don't the, think I mean Dustin's improved that much. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm not picking Dustin to win it, but I mean, I was not think it's out of the realm of possibility. But anyway, sure. Um, it's money, man. That's all. This is the actions they're taking. It's about money. They think like Khabib wants to be 30 and row is what Dana White thinks, which I know is something. I guess Khabib's dad did say 30 and row, but I mean, yeah, Khabib wants to fight GSP. I know, do it. And, and we want to see it. So it's like win-win, dummy. Just make it happen. I want GSP to do whatever GSP wants to do. And if GSP wants to fight and he gets paid accordingly, I would like it. I don't think Dana White wants to risk GSP showing up, winning a fight, and piecing out again. But then again, Khabib's going to win fight one time and peace out again anyway. So what do we... That's what I mean. I mean, it, it, it's a win-win scenario because like whoever wins that fight just becomes like the GOAT, right? If GSP beats Khabib... That's my my head explodes. Like he's just. I mean, he's I, GSP. GSP. I don't think GSP has a lot to lose because GSP has fought no. one time in seven years. Yeah, he came out of time to beat the shit out of Bisming. Yeah, like, oh, man, I got the belt. See, you. and like if GSP somehow won that fight, oh my god! Like that's true. Oh my god! Like Mark, I, I Mark said it. That's the stakes of that fight. Is outside of John Jones, greatest of all time. That's what you're fighting for. If he tarnishes a champion, Conor McGregor, who has to go on fighting, oh, great. You have a very illegitimate champion. You have a champion who is really do, do a silver think, medalist. It's think, what we thought about Daniel Cormier during his whole light heavyweight run. We're like, yeah, you're the champion, but... Like, oh, yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. To put your star guy in. Like, so I think Khabib, though... I mean, look, I mean, I know Khabib wants it. That's enough of a reason to do it. I don't think Khabib's case for being number one pound for pound, number the best fighter of all time... Really, I mean, I think he already has a strong case, quite frankly. Everybody we've mentioned has a strong case. I don't think his chase, his case gets any stronger beating old man GSP. And maybe it does a little bit. And obviously GSP has more to gain than that, than he does. I think GSP is not, this isn't 2012 GSP, you know. 
I mean, I, I think when you talk about gaining, it is what gaining what? Well, yeah, like, I mean, if, if Khabib wants to prove he's active, the, I mean, Khabib wants to prove he's the best of all time, which I mean, I think he probably is a pretty decent yeah, claim to that right now. It, but it, let, let's really face reality here. That's all semantics. Goat is just some bullshit that we talk about because it's fun and it. I mean, it makes Stephon's is John Jones, mine's is GSP. I mean, we all have our different goats. It's not like yeah, there's mine's Keith the, Herring, whatever. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, you it doesn't matter. One is the goat. It doesn't give a shit. You know, I mean, look at your arguments can be stronger or weaker. No, GSP wins a third belt. Goddamn. <laughs> that's what i'm saying um i mean i think i think yeah it's mostly the appeal of that fight is that it's it is two of the, the best that have ever you know graced the octagon and it, it and for me as a fight fan it's just it, it's at the very least it's two guys i haven't seen fight before and that no. is always more appealing because there's mystique there's mystique around it like what's gonna happen i don't know gsp is a really good wrestler in the sense that he's good at you know double legs and stuff he's not really you know top game isn't nearly as good as habib's but there's a lot of things to break down in that fight there's a lot of ifs what's and what could be that makes it fun it makes the lead up fun but yeah I mean, you, go you know Connor what the Habib, gate was like, you want to know what the gate was when they fought the first time 17.18 million dollars point of reference the time we went and paid too much money we felt you know in a smaller arena nonetheless to fight to watch connor fight was 7.2 million that is so much goddamn money and it, like, and it is but i i in I don't even disagree that if they did roll it back, if they somehow convince Habib, like, yeah, give Connor another shot because he beat Dustin, that's enough, whatever. Um, I don't disagree that it would make a lot of money. I don't think, I mean, I'd be surprised if it made as much before because there's no mystique there. We've already seen I, th I think they fight. would. I think they're going to sell as many pay per views only because all these pay per view numbers seem inflated since they've gone to ESPN, honestly. Like, even like sure. these smaller cards are doing better. And I think it depends when it happens, of course, if everybody's, you know, yeah, they can actually yeah. have a big game. Yeah. How, I mean, how they're, they're, they're not going to have a million if you have to have you yeah, know there's... six feet for everybody or something. Well, why like do you think they I don't know how they're the... doing in Hobby Dobby, and we're going to talk about that. When yeah. we talk about the cards, but well, they um, well, you, I mean, uh, how they're going to? I mean, they don't, they don't need to make a gate when they just raise the pay per view prices like they just did this past week. That's one way to do it. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Yep. And Dana White's got something for all of her for all the people who are streaming it. Right? They well, got you, some you, sort of foolproof. Charge us more, pay them less. That's how business works, baby. Um, but um, well, let's just talk about that now because we're about to pick the cards at the fights anyway. So the UFC is gonna um put fans in the stands in Abu Dhabi, including this one, including this one. Every fight card and every fight card in Abu Dhabi. Um, they're not the first to do anything like this, of course. Um, and I'm and they're requiring you to have a negative COVID test, um, in the last forty eight hours. Um, How are they going to mandate that? Do you have to show up with the test? You come to the, the ticket booth and be like, yeah, hey, we're going yeah, right. to make a test. And then, and so I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people like, look, I didn't get my test results back yet. Dude. Well, I mean, they're just, I, think they, they, they're, I mean, honestly, the way they're describing it, and Luke Thomas, who's a pretty vocal critic of a lot of the UFC stuff, said this is, quite frankly, the most stringent anybody else has done, that anybody else has done with this shit. Like, sure. what, fucking, they had 15,000 people when Canelo fought in Texas in Cowboy Stadium. And I think it was just like temperature check. So, and they're going to do a temperature check at this too. Um, I know AEW's had about 1,000, 1,500 fans at their shows, which is outdoors though. I don't think any of these shows are outdoors in Abu Dhabi. They've been doing them indoors, right? Once this the whole time they've been on Fight Island. It's looked just like the... the yeah, no, yeah, it's an indoor indoors, arena. Which is a different conversation anyway. Um, but it's about 2,000 fans. And I don't know how... How much are the seats? Are they just like insane? A lot. Well, the Connor ones are a lot. Um, I also don't understand. I mean, I don't understand the money situation in Abu Dhabi. I know there's a big, like, wealth gap. 
So like, I don't know if you just got a bunch of people, tourists, a bunch of tourists that, going there. That is my... what I was thinking, Bobby, is like, I don't imagine there's like a native, like huge fight fan fever of like the locals. It has to be people, people coming in, right? Um, I don't know. It's It'll be interesting, you know. Um, I saw they sold out the Connor one. Well, I think they might have sold out all of them, but it's only 2,000 seats for each one of them. Um, which this one with Kiesa and actually, Kiesa and Magni may not have sold out. Just because that's not a good card. No. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, man, you just, it's, I get it. I mean, I'm not going to defend it, but they got they're trying to make money. And, and we talked about it so many times with Connor. Like, they didn't want to do a Connor. Connor didn't fight last year because they didn't want to pay him without a gate. Yeah. Right. And now that they can have a gate, it's like, okay. A small, cool. I mean, even if it's like, a, I think it's like, a, even if it's like a thousand dollars a ticket for Connor. If it's two thousand, if it's like two thousand people. Like, how much are they even really breaking even? Because you have to like, are they going to have concessions there too? And like, they have to have a whole uh, yeah. staff for they the stadium. Con- and it's like, are you, are you really making that much money when you only have like a 2,000 people? I, I mean, I don't know if they're in the, the I, I, that's the way, all this stuff makes me think they're not going to be in that same thing, right? Because they got to be somewhere, do it with, somewhere else. They might have to do one of those outdoors. If they're doing outdoors, I mean, okay. Put on I the also, fucking beach and finally do your fight island, what, dummy. Well, here's the thing also, like, what time of day is this pay-per-view? Did you? It, look, they said, it, when I looked at it, it said seven. So they're they're shooting for their normal. So that's like time. four in the morning or something, I think, in Abu Dhabi or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's an early beach trip, baby. I mean, it's gonna be cold if they're outside. Let me tell you, that's a that's cold that's time. How cold is it getting in Abu Dhabi? I mean, you know, you hear about the desert. Yo, the desert's the real night. fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, being by the water can be real fucking cold. <laughs> All these things can be cold. I do um, look forward to actually having an audience and hearing you know the, what, man? the hoops and hollers. Uh, so I've been watching, you know, AEW these past couple months. And even though it's outdoors and you can't hear a ton of people, it's nice to hear something compared to like the like when you watch like the piped in crowd noise is kind of weird. Like football almost pulls it off. Sorry, Mark. We got the football. Football okay, almost pulls it off. But like you don't like as long as they don't show me the crowd. I almost definitely feel the same way. I can almost believe there's people there just with the noise of murmuring and stuff. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm going to go with a uh, I'll be the dissenting opinion. I'm going to go with a hard disagree. I don't like MMA crowds. I don't need woos. Oh, I don't what? need to put them in a body bags. I don't need to sweep well, the legs. No. Well, my question was, do you for think... Every, like, for every MMA event where the ho- hooting and hollering at the moment adds something, there's 20 cards where all they do is detract to me. So I've liked silent MMA. I like hearing the fighters. I like hearing the coaches. I like the smacks. I like the more quiet nature of it. I grew up playing fighting video games, right? It feels like that to me. It's Honestly, it feels like... We don't want, I've been watching Tough since whatever 2000 and whatever the all these just feel like tough like i just you know hear people hear the crowd hear the you know the coaches hear everything there so and the fact that there's no crowd and i still can't hear these walkout songs anymore they really don't want me to hear those walkout songs anymore <laughs> mr mouse ain't playing man mr mouse <laughs> don't want to get any sort of uh except call. The, the the one silver lining moment of the guy's career he's pretty shitty otherwise but uh, Mike Perry incidentally coming out to Halo and thus singing us. <laughs> if you didn't know the words to Halo, you know the words to Halo now. I enjoyed that moment. Like, I'm good with the quiet. You know, I get most people miss crowds. I, I will fully accept I'm in the minority on that. I do not miss MMA Well, crowds. The, the MMA crowds are particularly bad. So I see what you're saying yeah, there. I think, I think there's a difference between being in the crowd and then watching an event with the crowd. Because I, I 100% agree with you. Being in an MMA crowd, there's idiots everywhere. And you hear them, and you're like, "Man, this is really deterring my fun here." But when you're watching a live broadcast, all you hear is the, you know, the 
the appreciation more or less sometimes the booze but most of that stuff does get kind of drowned out it's mostly just the, the positive stuff when you're watching it i 100 agree when, when you're live it is fucking obnoxious. dude I, I here's the thing i would love to go to a fucking live mma event again though let me tell you i was, I was telling I mean, you the yeah, other day i definitely want to see you know live sporting i would like well, to honestly okay, I, I would like to go to anything I'm, I'm in for literally what do you guys want to go to okay i'm down that's where i'm at anyway um all right. Um, well, we talked about it. The main event here of this card this Saturday, the first of three cards in about a week, it looks like. Um, Max Holloway, the former featherweight champion, taking on Calvin Cater. Max uh, coming off of back-to-back -back losses um, against uh, Alex Volkanovsky. Um, the first time he went back-to-back -back losses since losing to Bermudez and Conor McGregor back in 2013. I think most of us who were watching, if I'm trying to remember back to July, I think most of us thought Max won. I think most people thought Max probably, I mean, it was close, but I thought Max won the second fight, uh, if I remember correctly. I think we all were on the same page there. Um, I definitely thought it was a draw. If it's a close fight, I say it's a draw. Fair enough. Um, Calvin Cater, on the other hand, this is his chance, guys. This is, you know, he got he got kind of held up by a loss to Zabit um, back in uh, back last November and uh, well, November 2019. Turned around, got wins over Jeremy Stevens, Dan Ige. Um You beat Max Holloway, you get a title shot, right? Let's just put it out there. You beat Max Holloway, you should get a title shot. I think we're still living in a world where Alex Volkanovsky is gonna fight. Um, I mean, I lost. Was it gonna be Korean Zombie? Who was he gonna fight? Do you guys was remember he, this? Was it maybe Brian Ortega that, would make more sense, right? Because he Korean Zombie just lost to Brian. Or is that I what it was? Maybe maybe Zabit would be in the picture because Zabit. Beat I, this I know guy. Korean Zombie losing messed everything up. We all wanted Korean Zombie. That's what it was. So anyway, I'm not sure if we're gonna get a third Max Alex fight, but I kind of hope not anytime soon. Honestly, I mean, honestly, Calvin Cater wins this fight. Give him a title shot. That's, sure, because that's a new yeah, fight. I'm totally give him a title shot. Okay you beat, you beat Max Holloway. You deserve it. The fighting odds for this, the betting odds for this one, Stefan. You're, you are muted. Yeah, yeah. muted. That, that's how we still do it in 2021. Um, close fight. Max Holloway is a slight favorite at minus 150 to Calvin's plus 130. Um, what did, what did Mike have on this, Bob? Mike didn't. Mike didn't give me his picks yet, so we're gonna have to get those. Someone's gotta remember to get this from Mike in his uh, the next day or so. I'm assuming Mike's asleep. Um, I like Calvin Cater. He's a really good fighter. He's an action fighter. Nothing he's done has made me think he has a shot against Max Holloway um, over five rounds. I know Max Holloway, we wondered after his first loss to Volkanovski if this was the right division for him. If he, you know, it was time to move on. Maybe the weight cut was getting to him, all those things. I think the way he bounced back in the second fight showed he's still very, very viable in this weight class. and still a you know, incredible fighter overall. Calvin's good, but I, I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's going to get it done here. Mark? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, you know, it is a lot looking at the resumes here. And, you know, Calvin, you know, has a pretty good resume. You know, there's only a couple losses here. Um, it's the opposition. You know, there's not a big name. Like when you look at Max Holloway, you got Aldo, you got Frankie Edgar, Dustin Poirier a couple times, uh, and then the Alexander Vol Volkanovsky fights. And, and I think your analysis of that second fight really did kind of help not lose some faith in Max, right? Because I think a lot of people did with that first one and the way he bounced back and made it a really close competitive fight where a lot of people thought he won that fight, um, I think earned some good graces from a lot of people, including myself. So I am going with Max Holloway. Um, 
And I think Calvin's style of being mostly kind of like a boxer type will will work well w- with Max. You know, um, I, I think Max is really well rounded, and he kind of you know he matches up pretty well with all these guys. Um, but I think just like a, from what I remember of uh, Calvin's fight, he is very boxing oriented. So I think it'll be a really fun fight. I think it's great. It's five rounds. I you know I'm not going to be surprised if it goes the distance. Um, but I do envision seeing Max win this one. So that's what I got. Steph, what do you think? I'm with you. I think you kind of nailed it all. Um, There's a a lot of reason to be skeptical about Max going into that rematch with Volkanovski, I can recall. Um, He really wasn't saying the things you wanted to hear. Uh, He was saying like he thought he won that first fight. He's not studying any film. I don't know if that was just gamesmanship because clearly he made adjustments, right? He clearly he he, he approached it differently and he did a lot better. And I think that's why we haven't lost faith in him is because he bounced back. Right. Oh, he had the All- hair. He had the hair. He acted like he wasn't training with anybody. He hadn't seen his coaches. We're like, what is going on with Max? Like I said, we, we yeah. don't know if that was gamesmanship or not, but it just it, it was painting a really ugly picture going into it. But you know what? I think he whatever doubts we had, he kind of assuaged them. Um, you know, like I said, some people believe he won that fight. That's how close it was. Uh, you know, Cater, this is his prove it moment, right? This is the moment that Mark often cites where if he pulls this one off, you kind of believe in him going forward. But you know, beating guys like Iggy, like tough guy, not that great. You know, like I don't expect him to ever sniff the top five of the division. So, you know, a credible opponent. He's he's not nothing. He's got really good skills. But um, now this is the test against the actual top of the division. Um, I agree with you. It's an instant title shot if he wins. Um, it's 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 messy if he doesn't though. Um, I, I, I Max is on a weird spot. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll get Mike's picks later. Um, but three of us all got the former champion um, coming out on top. The co-main event. Um, a fight that we're all like, this isn't in Bellator? Really? This is the UFC? It's a part of that Legends division that Mark always talks about. So I was right. This fight has been booked multiple times. And the first time it was booked was for UFC on Fox 9 back in December 2013. And I know this because we paid money to go to this card. Um, and it was headlined by Joseph Benavidez and Mighty Mouse Johnson, the rematch. Um, really heard the fucking the wind come out of the sails of that arena when Benavidez got knocked out a minute into the fight. Remember that one? Um, that fight never happened, though. Um, Brown got hurt. They were scheduled again for um, UFC on Fox 29. 20 UFC on Foxes later, they were scheduled. That time, Matt Brown tore his ACL. Um, and here we are doing it a third time. Will it actually happen? They keep getting older and skills keep diminishing. Carlos Condit coming into this fight. Um, finally getting a win, man. When he fought our guy, Court McGee, and really looked like Carlos Condit a couple times in that fight. Like, there was a couple moments where, like, he cracked Court McGee and people were like, oh, shit, Natural Born Killer's back. No. But, you know, still got a nice win there. Uh, Matt Brown, uh, remember when he retired a couple years ago? Um... Anyway, his last fight got knocked out by Miguel uh, Baeza um, back in uh, May on the Overeem versus uh, Walt Harris card, uh, one of the early Jacksonville uh, COVID cards. Betting odds for this one, Stefan? Uh, a relatively close fight, but Condit coming in as a slight favorite at minus 160 to the immortal Matt Brown's plus 140. What do you got, Steph? Um... A guy I haven't believed in lately, but since that's two of them fighting each other, I guess I got to believe in one this time. I'm going to go with Condit. 
um, it, it's fair to say both these guys are diminished. Um, the key thing, though, is with Condit, the speed isn't there like it used to be. The power isn't there like it used to be. The output isn't there like it used to be. But his chin hasn't quite gone away the way Matt Brown's has. Um, they're both diminished, but Matt Brown is the one who's getting put out. He's the one who's getting dropped. He's the one who's getting slept. Um, it's just all that mileage of years of being the action fighter guy, right? I said he inherited the mantle from uh, who was the one that he took it from? The one who uh, Dan Hardy shot on after Dan Hardy finally fought a guy that was going to stand up with him. Leave uh, No, Lytle. Lytle. Uh, yeah, like just the the the, the uh, journeyman action guy, right? Um, and that's what Matt Brown is, but th- them wars have caught up with the guy. So uh, Condit, he, he just takes the punch a little bit better now. So I have to imagine he's the last one standing in this. Yeah, my logic is this. They're both diminished, but their point they are diminishing from. Carlos Condit's a former interim champion, um, arguably beat the champion and Robbie Lawler in one of the craziest fights ever. If you guys want to point to where the moment shit really started falling apart for that gentleman, um, that fight would do it. That was the fight where we just lost both of them almost um, in their t- title abilities. Um, yeah, I got Condit though. I think he's going to, I think this is going to be fun for some time, but I think if it gets to like the late third, we're going to be like, oh man, let these guys just sit down. Let's, <laughs> let's just stop it here. Um, that's what I got though. Mark. Yeah. I would like to make a divergent pick here, but you know, back in Fox nine or Fox 29, I would always have content. I mean, I think his skill set is just, you know, at a higher level than, than Matt Brown is. And I think you can, like Bobby said, you can look at their past accomplishments. You know, some, one of these guys was an interim title holder. Um, and the other one's always been a journeyman. Um, and you could definitely look at that past record and you see a lot of losses on Condit, and that loses a lot of faith. You know, even though he did jump back and he, he did get that win over Court McGee, McGee he, he still didn't look fantastic in that fight, right? It didn't seem like the, the Condit of old. Um, so I, w- I was always going to lean Condit. I think Stefan really sealed that argument, though. Um, looking at both these guys' records and how they finish fights, Condit, you know, he loses a lot, especially m- most recently. A lot of his fights have been decisions or submission losses. Um, and Matt Brown is mostly TKO finishes or getting decisions. So I, I think this fight will go to decision. I think it will be close. Um, I do think Condit will do enough to get the win. You know, whether that's getting a takedown here or there or just landing some more significant strikes to edge out some of the the, the, the rounds for himself. Um, I think he's going to he's gonna edge this one out. But I think it should be fun. You know, I, these guys both, you know, when they're fighting, you know, opposition that is of their level, um, they're exciting fights. So I think this will be a very exciting fight. Um, yeah, maybe by the third round, they'll be, you know, the, the age might take a little bit of a factor here. But I think, you know, I think this is a, this is a good matchup. I think it's a good fight for both these guys. I think they're on a more even playing field now than they were back at, you know, uh, what did you say, Bob? It was like 2011 or something. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be an exciting fight. Um, yeah, yeah I, got, I got Condit. I wish I could have gone map rounds to switch it up. Maybe Mike will do it. You'll have to check the site to, to see where he picked or tune back in next week. But Uh-oh. Did Mark freeze? No, oh, I said no. we're all on the same side, and I oh. stopped. because no, I, I lost you for a second the, there, I thought. That was the, the, my point I was making. Um, all right. Um, Ponzinibbio's back, folks. We ain't seen his ass in a year and a half, maybe. Um, Santiago Ponzinibbio, we haven't seen him in quite some time, folks. Was on a hell of a roll when, we, when, when he, when he, when he uh, started getting hurt. Staff, COVID, all sorts of shit. Um, 
taking on a short notice opponent here in Li Jing Lang. Um, originally, his opponent was supposed to be um, Muslim Salahov, um, but um, not that short notice. The man pulled out in mid December because of COVID. Um, but Li Jing Lang uh, taking the fight here. Betting odds for this one, Stefan, are fairly sizable in the direction of the man who's on a winning streak. Yeah, Ponzinibbio, um, he's coming in at plus, or sorry, minus 290 to uh, Lee's minus, or sorry, plus 240. There you go. About three to one uh, favorite for Ponzinibbio. But uh, yeah, I had to look up with this guy. It, like you said, Bob, it's been so long since we've seen this guy. I kind of had to look up, like, where has he been? What was he last doing? Last time I, I remember, saw like, we were all getting hyped on him too, because like he's like last fight is they went to Argentina, and he like he knocked out Neil Magny, which you can say a lot of things about Neil Magny not being the most exciting guy in the world, but knocking him out is not an easy task. Um, conversely, Li Jing Lang's last fight lost to Neil Magny. Um, I'm just gonna say real quick, I'm picking, I'm picking the big favorite here, Mark. I got Santiago Ponzinibbio. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, and this was gonna be the fight. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the other side regardless of what they say. Well, man, the, the man hasn't fought in a long time. It's not, no, I mean, no, 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 Bobby. I, I retract that statement once <laughs> I looked at his record and I was like, oh, shit, that's a lot of wins there. And that's a lot of credible names. And I absolutely sealed that fate when Stefan said he was the three to three to one favorite. I was like, okay, well, this is, this is, this would be a foolish thing to diverge on. So I would be, I would be a fool to, to not pick, uh, Santiago on this one. Uh, yeah, so I, I got to Sometimes you got to play the numbers. Sometimes you can play with your heart or make a fun pick to make it interesting. But you know what? We're starting the year off conservative. So, uh, you know what, man? For the so. number of fights Lee has had in the UFC, he's fought, a, he's fought so few people that are anywhere near the top 20 of the division, well, let alone were, top 10 or 15. I, I, he, think he, he, I think they've done it. Actually, I think they've done a fairly decent job grooming him a little bit. You know, which the UFC is not known for doing. I mean, I remember when we first saw this guy, I was like, this guy is raw. And, and, and a lot of the Chinese MMA fighters were at that point, right? They just didn't have the camps. They haven't been in the game long enough to really kind of solidify themselves, uh, you know, in the sport. I think that's changed. And I think they've given him a lot of quasi-challenging fights, but fights that he could win. I think this is, like the Neil Magny fight, kind of a big step up for him. Um, and I don't think he'll be ready for it. Uh Oh, yeah, I, I would not be unhappy if he proved me wrong because I think he has been making some improvements, uh, you know, over his career. But I just don't think he's at at the point where Santiago is, you know, beating Neil Magny, like you said, Bobby, in in a knockout fashion is, you know, quite spectacular. Uh, staff clean sweep. Yeah, um, you know, I had to take a refresher on what's happened to this guy because, like, 2018 was the last time he fought, but the guy had a rocket strapped to him when we last saw him. That's why we went to Argentina, right? Yeah, we're going to this guy's country. That's what we think of this guy. Like, we still have we never went to like Poland yet for two champions who are Polish, right? Uh, Reem never. I don't think he got his Amsterdam they might, card. They might have gone to Poland. You could. I don't know. Oh, did they? Well, let's let's go. Oh, with you it's know, fine. <laughs> or at least not. At least you know, Jan hasn't. You know, like yeah. It hasn't happened for all these guys with certain countries is is all the point, even if I'm wrong in the semantics of it. But that's why we took that's why we went to Argentina was for this guy to he was supposed to fight. Um, What was it? Was he going to fight uh the Thor Rob- chest hammer guy? He was supposed to fight Robbie. No. Robbie. Was, was, sorry, I have completely that was the one people got hyped about, too, because they're like, oh, yeah, Robbie's going to go after this kid, too, because Ponzinibbio don't go slow. Like he's here to throw yeah. down. <laughs> so um, it just. 
he had the rocket strapped to him. It'll just be interesting to see if he can pick up where he left off. I think that's what we're watching this fight for. Uh, Lee, he's a grinder, right? He just kind of like he ekes his ways to decisions that we don't expect. Um, so if that's what happens here, I'll think there's something really wrong with Ponzinibbio, to be honest. But um, it'd be cool to see if he can. It, it's it's going to be a hard time for me not to chalk it up to ring rust if he loses this fight. I'll be honest. I'm that I'm on that level with this matchup. I think the odds if his guy wasn't coming off of a year and a half off would be like minus 450. Like, I think he's that good. Like he was like number five or six, wasn't he? When he went out, he won like it's like this, maybe the hardest division in the UFC. He won like eight straight fights. Like it's impressive. He he beat a podcast favorite, uh, Gunnar Nelson, in there too. There, there were actually there were real tangible names on that win streak. Yeah, and there were finishes in those in that list too. Hey man, I'm just saying, knocking out Court McGee still isn't easy, and we're like this many years into this, and he did it a couple of years ago. Um, last one we're picking, and I think you all can guess where we're gonna where we're going with this. Once I say the two names, Joaquin Buckley, um, coming off of. Another knockout coming off of the other, which came off of the other knockout where he spin kicked the motherfucker in his face. Um, one knockout of the year, I think, for some of us. I think we brought it up a bunch. I, I mean, I think most of us mentioned this one. Um, taking on Alessio Di Chirico, a man who has lost three straight in the UFC. Last one against Zach Cummings. He is being fed to Joaquin Buckley to get knocked out on national television. In front of the world on ABC. The betting odds, I imagine, reflect something similar. Stefan? Uh, yeah, it's basically kind of the similar as the uh, last fight with Buckley coming in at minus 265 to plus 225 for Alessio. Um, not quite as egregious. I think that's fair because we did see in that fight, um, you know, and Buckley admitted to it, he started off slow. He mm -hmm. felt the pressure of having the eyes and the extra attention on him. Uh, but as Mark said, with Lee and them kind of actually building him up, they're giving him a very beatable opponent, right? Like, I was going to maybe pick Alessio on this one just to, you know, be exciting. And then I saw he lost to Zach Cummings. And Zach Cummings is really not particularly good. And so to lose a unanimous decision, it, it kind of shows that maybe the skill set isn't quite to the level it needs to be. Um it's really just Buckley versus the hype right here. So um, they'll take Buckley. You know, it, it'll be curious to see how he grew from his last fight. All right, uh, Marcus. Yeah, similar situation again. You know, looking at the next thing we're going to pick, I was like, okay, let's get into some division. We'll make this interesting. But then you look at uh, Alessio's record, and it's like, okay, come on, man. You're not giving UFC. You're not giving me. You got to give me something to 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 bet against here. But when the guy lost his last three. And I mean, I think one thing you can look at Buckley's record, especially on Wikipedia, because it kind of spells the story a little bit. These big wins, they don't have Wikipedia pages, right? It's like how it, it, they're not they're not titles that, that that we were super familiar with. So, you know, how has the level of competition really been for Buckley? Um, they do have a common opponent in Kevin Holland. They both lost to him, so it doesn't really tell us too much. But it is it is it would be tough to go to Alessio's page and to have him convince me he could win i needed to see some wins recently and when i went there and it's all losses like well i'm not gonna bet against the guy who has all the momentum in the world behind him right now and not only did he have knockout of the year he had another fight after that and and whether you know he started off a little slow or not he finished that fight in dramatic fashion again with a fantastic knockout you know not nearly as talked about but still really impressive and and 
watching his fights, I've been really impressed with the guy. He loves he steps right in the fucking pocket and he throws down. Um, it's a fighter after my own heart. So I'm going to go with Buckley. It's going to be kind of shitty when we start this whole picking thing and we all go 0 and 4 or 2 and 2, whatever it is, because we all pick the same fighters. But you have to be strategic in, in, in these picks. You can't just go on a whim and, and this is no fight to, to, to break the bank on. I'm not going to, you know, go against the, the, the favorite here. So yeah, definitely picking Buckley. I'm not entirely sure what they're doing with this opening card. Uh, opening fight, uh, Puna Hele, Soriano. No idea. And what? I can't say this other guy's name. Uh, something, Todorovic. I don't know what market we're targeting here. The rest of the card is not strong. We can say that with certainty. Yeah, but I'm surprised we're going on. Okay. On ABC. Well, this guy, yeah, this guy's name is Puna Hele, Storytime Soriano, which I, I like the nickname. I enjoy that, but I don't yeah, know what that I'm going for him. But I'm trying to look. I'm, I'm looking on Sharedog. He's seven and zero. You have to. You have to because he, he has no wiki page. He's seven and zero with uh, four knockouts, two submissions, fighting out of Extreme Couture. That's not a gym. I, I imagine that these two guys probably you know have an exciting pass that they're thinking like, okay, this will be the barn burner that no one knows about that delivers. Hopefully. Because there's no know, name value here. One of these guys played a character at a, at a theme park. That's what I'm going with. One of them played Ted, somebody. Ted, we're in Abu Dhabi, right? Like, yeah. This is well, that... uh, let's let's get the contract out situation. You're available. You're in the vicinity. You don't have to fly too many people. There you go. You're on the card. This other guy is ten and zero with uh Someone's eight finish, go. with nine finishes. So we got some action fighters here. So we'll see. Um, young guys too, twenty eight and twenty six years old. Um, podcast favorite Sarah Morace. Still in the UFC, guys. She's still here, man. She's got herself a six and six record. But you know I what? Six and seven when I went on uh, Google and looked this up. But oh, Wikipedia says and, six and, and six. And we were talking about this before we started the show. And Mark, you said her opponent was what ten and eight. Yeah, like well, that's what Google said. Maybe a little fishy on the numbers there. So uh, ten and eight versus six and seven, and Sarah Marais is a minus two thirty favorite. I'm not saying you want to bet money on a Sarah Marais fight, but if you are a degenerate, this might be the underdog for you. This young lady, her face, she's facing um, Vanessa Mello, has three UFC fights, and in two of them, she's missed weight, missing weight at 140 and 141 pounds. That is like missing weight by 10 pounds at heavy weight. <laughs> well, something that these two share in common too. I would note, look, I don't want to bag on Sarah because we actually do like her to, to some degree. I, I think she's a fun fighter. She, she she goes out there and gives it her all. But when you do look at the past, at her record here, mm. you know, in her last, what is this, five fights, she, she's only lost, she's only won one, and that mm. was when she missed weight. So <laughs> it doesn't, I don't have a lot of confidence. But the, the, the bookers seem to be very confident in her ability. So that's actually a fight I might seek out. Just to, if nothing else, to see the result, if not to watch the fight itself. Um, all right. Um, I think that's it for this card. We're going to talk next week. We'll talk about the Conor McGregor return card. And we'll mention the Chiesa and Magni fight. Which, while that fight itself is excellent, honestly. I'm excited to watch that fight. The whole rest of that card feels like... We got to get these people some fights that we have under contract. But when the UFC there says they're cutting 60 people, and I'm looking at some of these people that are on these cards, I'm like, not that I'm rooting for people to lose their jobs, but I'm like, I, I, I don't know why you're here. 
here's some weight we could do without. I mean, it, it, there is some names on the card, but it's slim pickings, you know. Look, at the I end of this name. card in the breakdown, when you start seeing a lot of 10s and 15s, you'll understand why these people are here. Yeah, that's true. Here to here to just, you know, low pay low payroll cost on this card. Is that like a Thursday card, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was Wednesday or Thursday, but again in, is, in is that what, Abu Dhabi, is that, who knows? Is, is that even at a time? Yeah, is, yeah, is that even at a time we can watch it? I mean, that's up January twentieth, which is when we're gonna try to be avoiding insurrection two point Um makes it what, a Wednesday? Because today's the eleventh on Monday. So Wednesday. Um doesn't I don't see a time. So Yeah. yeah. Anyway, weekday um, cards are always weird and nonsensical. So you know when we when, when you know what's sad is I used to like love this shit when we were like when there was only like one or like one or two UFC cards a month and then there'd be like, all right, we're gonna have a fight night on a Wednesday followed by the season premiere of the Ultimate Fighter and I'm like, all right, fuck the Ultimate Fighter, but fight card on a Wednesday, you know that was used to be, in you know something to look forward to. Um, anyway, um, let's do stuff we like. Um, Stefan, you want to lead it off? Um, yeah. What do I like? Uh, I had something else. There was the thing we talked about at the beginning uh, that I wanted to mention that I like. Uh, there was something else I wanted to talk about, but we'll get out of the way. Uh, speaking of sports that Mark doesn't care about, um, it kind of came out like in the immediate aftermath of last Wednesday's insurrections that uh, Donald Trump wanted to give the Medal of Freedom to uh, New England Patriots football coach Bill Belichick uh, for some reason, I guess. And it could mostly be said this was a publicity stunt. This was entirely to like, here's some good press. Um, but today I went on ESPN to read that. Um, I just love the way that he said it. Um, but Bill Belichick has decided to move forward without this medal of honor. Uh, he had a whole thing about like how, you know, he believes in serving this country and, you know, he believed in honoring but uh, he feels like the best way he can move forward is without this medal from Donald Trump. And so, you know what? As someone who kind of hates the general Boston, New England area, you know, fuck all these teams. I've never been a Patriots guy. Um, respect to Bill Belichick. Hell of a coach. Grumpy old man. Very Greg Popovich of football is kind of the vibes I get um, as a basketball head myself. But uh, love that. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, I can't remember what else I like, but if it comes back to me, I'll circle back around after one of you guys go. Yeah. Um, embarrassing week, America. Embarrassing. But we're not going to get into that because that's all we all of us fucking talked about the last week. Um, I think that's why it's tough for me to think about stuff I like this week. So much weird bad shit happened. It's hard to have a positive spin, but maybe you guys can help remind me. Um, all right, I got um, I got two. Uh, I got a dog. Her name is Luna. She's nice. uh, sleeping next to me. Um, I'd be happier if she had pooped when we went out for a walk earlier. We're going to work on that for the walk before bedtime. If not, I fully expect maybe to see a steamer when I wake up in the morning. Um, but yeah, 20-pound, um, three-year-old uh, little terrier of mix of sorts. So she's the best. So anyway, um, yes, she is. Um, Other thing is I watched uh, Harley Quinn, all of it, because the guys told me I got nothing else going on, man. Um, Watched all whatever many episodes it was, two seasons, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty much started watching it once the podcast ended last week. 
and then ended it uh, yesterday or day before, maybe. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was expecting some more like, I guess, more kid. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> expecting a cartoon. You kind I of was expecting a barometer. cartoon, you know. And I was, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be like, you know, fucking Barney the Dinosaur. But I was like, as far as adult content, I wasn't thinking we're going to go farther than like the Batman animated series. Um, no, shit's fucking raunchy as hell. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm always happy when Ron Funches is on it, on anything. And him as King Shark um, was hilarious. Um, he was good. He was really good. And... Um, yeah, just it was well. It's a well done show, and if all of you guys who got HBO Max um, and still have it for another two weeks because you got the one month subscription, yeah, give it a shot. Um, and I watched some more Doom Patrol, but I feel I've missed something in the last couple episodes, plot point wise. So I might have to rewatch the last couple episodes because this officially has gotten to the point where I'm a little confused. Um, but overall, that show is better than I thought it was going to be. Um, nice, but yeah, that's what I got. Um, Mark, yeah, the docket's kind of kind of light. Uh, new Year, there's d- definitely no new games, you know, coming out anytime soon that you know I really have much of a fancy for. So uh, I have been playing some older stuff. I went back to Avengers. I got my level cap for Iron Man. That was nice. Uh, and then the last couple of days, I actually jumped back into Persona Five. So I've really been enjoying that. Um, and probably even outside of that, I've been putting a lot of time into playing my Marvel vs. Capcom uh, cabinet, which I've gotten better at it's uh, it's been a slow burn but i feel like i'm slowly learning how to to do some of the combos and feel proficient especially even just using uh a full joystick um with all the buttons took a little getting used to but i really like having an arcade cabinet i've been eyeing this uh neo geo mvs x machine i told christine a couple times look at this might end up in the house just letting you know um outside of that uh over the weekend uh i did run the uh beginner's box for cyberpunk red uh called jumpstart and this is basically you know a lot of these tabletop rpgs will have a beginner's box or you know dungeons and dragons used to be called the red box it's basically um a really simplified subset of the rules um pre-gen or pre-made characters a really simple um adventure uh story to go through so i actually ran that and i thought it was really fun Reading all the stuff about Cyberpunk has definitely made me excited about the world. I still haven't played 2077. I'm just waiting until I get a PS5 and maybe even when that PS5 version comes out so it's running good and I can really enjoy my time because it still seems like it's a little little hiccupy on the base. I was going to ask you about that, Mark, because I haven't jumped back in either, to be honest, uh, ever since that kind of initial go and i i, I kind of reported that it gave me motion sickness so i was actually curious if you were gonna if you had visited it but I, i'm i think i'm in the same boat as you whenever the ps5 comes uh we're in 2021 now it's not any easier to acquire i've read january 20th might be a restocking or the world day. might just come to an end you know who knows what's going on that day maybe i'll be able to get one with all these insurrectionists out on the streets but um we'll see yeah, um, before it came out, I was very on the fence. Um, I've always had an interest in the game because uh, I think the world, um, especially I, you know, once they announced the game, I start I started reading up on the old uh, tabletop RPG uh, Cyberpunk, which was, took place in 2020, um, and I really liked that rule set. I thought it was really cool. You know, I was looking into like some of the hand to hand combat they had, like Muay Thai, Capoeira. I was like, man, they really for a game that was made in like the 80s, they really 
have some weird, crazy shit in there. Um, so I've always been fascinated with it. Um, but yeah, just just coming up to the the lead above release, I, the the writing was on the wall um, that the base PS4 version was going to be you know hiccupy. So I still ended up pre-ordering it. Um, I just have not started it, and I don't plan to until um, maybe that PS5 version comes out, or I have a PS5 and it just runs good enough there where I can still enjoy the game. Um, but yes, yeah, so outside of that, you know, I ran the game. Uh, it was pretty fun. I mean, as far as tabletop RPGs go, which we don't talk about on this podcast, it was very simple to do. And, you know, these beginner boxes tend to make it that way where, you know, the rule sets are fairly, you know, linear um, and very easy. You know, there's not a lot of like questions about how to do this, that or the other. It's just a very simple uh, rule set. But I enjoyed running it. Um, and then also because I was kind of in that cyberpunk mood. Have you guys seen Johnny Mnemonic? before <laughs> it's an old uh keanu uh reeves uh movie that is like super i mean if they didn't straight up i mean just take shit from cyberpunk they're highly influenced off of each other so it was really fun to to run that game and then uh make everyone watch that kind of shitty movie um but it was uh, i did enjoy it uh and then outside of that gaming stuff i didn't want to mention obviously haven't seen it it's going to be uh premiering this friday but uh wandavision does come to Disney Plus on Friday, and then kind of like uh, The Mandalorian, it's going to be a weekly series. And as someone that has, you know, unabashedly just loved the MCU, has gotten super into Marvel stuff, uh, I've definitely missed not having the, the movies or these shows premiere because of COVID last year. And just to finally get something going, uh, I am pretty excited. I also just think the show looks very interesting. Um, it's taking this kind of sitcom trope and kind of mixing in the marvel stuff which i think is interesting and i think that's kind of what they need to do i think just having these shows and movies just be based off of superheroes just isn't quite enough anymore i think there's been so many of them that they do need to kind of mix it up and make these movies and series their own um and i think having this show based on wanda and vision's relationship and kind of their mental state or where they're at after what's happened in endgame i think is very interesting and i'm very excited about where the mcu is going and i know a lot of you know from what i've heard online a lot of the fan base has kind of dropped off they kind of felt like i put in my time with the whole 22 arc of all the movies and once endgame happened you know they're kind of happy to let it right off into the sunset i'm not one of those people i'm still very excited and i feel like when this stuff comes out and if it gets good word of mouth which i do think it will i, I think this show is going to be well received um, I think some more of the fans will jump on. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just really excited to to get back into that universe. It's something that obviously I haven't left. I'm still playing this the Marvel's Avengers game, which you know was panned last year and has lots of problems. And I've been loving my time in there and reading comics and playing Marvel's Capcom. You know, I'm just I'm re- very integrated into that uh, universe. So I'm very excited to to get the premiere stuff back on the shelf and you know to have another weekly series is not a bad thing either. So that's kind of what I got this week. Uh, Stefan, did you have anything else? Oh, yeah, I remember what I wanted to circle back to. Um, It's unfortunately not something I like because it's a bit of down news, but it relates onto something that I've loved in the last year or so. Um, And that's K-pop. You know, you've heard me talk about it. I know I'm preaching mostly to nobody. You know, uh, Mike checks it out. You know, it's not a genre for everyone, but it, it appeals to me. Um, and the group that got me back into it was a group called Got7. Um, they were a boy band group founded in 2014. But um, as of this week, it was basically announced, uh, more or less, they've disbanded. 
Um, their initial seven-year contracts with the J- record label JYP, one of the three big record labels of the K-pop industry, uh, expired, and none of them renewed. Um, Is that why they were called Got7? You got seven years of us, baby. <laughs> you better enjoy uh, each and every one of it, them. It, it ends up being that way. There were seven members, but uh, they, okay. they, love na- they love number-centric name schemes in their groups out there. But uh, it ended up being you got seven years of them. Um, yeah, they, they. It seems like they're maintaining a close bond that they're open to being a group, uh, kind of like the Seattle Sonics and the NBA. They've been given the rights to their name, their library. Um, the record that's label JYP is not going to hold on to that stuff, and that's the type of thing that usually the evil music industry will hold. Yeah, that on sounds to. like a really dumb move business wise for them. Yeah. But, um, man. So you know. If you've listened to them, they've been considered one of the most mistreated groups in the history of the industry. Um, they were constantly underpromoted. Uh, their fan base seems to be in spite of their record labels promotions, not due to. Um, but it seems like all of them are going on to their own creative ventures. One of them is going to primarily become an actor. A lot of them are going solo. Um, one of them is going to move back to America and start a YouTube channel. But um, he's already been hanging out with a lot of the really popular YouTubers who play Among Us and all that stuff these days. So if anything, he might actually make more money doing YouTube than he did as uh, being a K-pop idol. But um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of unfortunate news in terms of, you know, this group is kind of going to be no more as that. But um, shout outs to them and good luck to all their individual careers because they were the group that kind of re uh, had me fall off the wagon here and kind of no looking back. Um, I think I'm kind of here to stay now because I'm only getting more detached from American music. There's not really anything pulling me back. I always give you guys grief. Like you guys don't listen to music anymore and I'm sticking to it. Bobby, well, you, you, know, you disagree a- with me, but I'm like, you you can't name modern artists either anymore. Well, no, I was about to give you some I'm about to give you some credit. You don't have to take shots at me. I'm, um, just, I'm just teasing, Bob. I'm just teasing. I'm then, I, I mean, I respect the fact that you actually listen to something to like you seek out new shit. Like I don't. Like yeah. if someone specifically tells me to listen to something, it'll happen. Like when you told me to listen to the El Michael Affair or whatever it was called, when it was like the Wu-Tang, you don't even remember what it was. It was the Wu-Tang instrumental thing you gave me. That was you, wasn't it? You told me the Wu-Tang. They, someone's, they did an instrumental of Enter the uh, 37 Chambers or whatever. It's or possible. Enter the I don't remember yeah. anymore. Yeah. But like I don't – I just kind of listen to what I listen to. Like I mean when Spotify was telling me the songs I listened to the most, which was literally my uh, treadmill remake, the treadmill playlist, it was just a lot of – pre-crazy and i may not be the right word kanye it was just like yeah you listen to jesus walks a lot i'm like well on a treadmill i guess it'll be going i mean bobby let me tell you where i'm at in life is the last time i had a gym playlist one of the songs on it was just a metal cover of i'll make a man out of you from milan like that's the shit that's where i am in terms of domestic music dude my playlist was great it was a bunch of old random hip-hop songs and then wrestling themes from the last like three years i mean we've been alive we've been alive a pretty decent amount of time a lot of music came out in our lifetimes we don't need new music here's like i I was already listening you're talking to a guy whose favorite band is probably the Beatles. So, like, I'm already talking, listening to some shit from 70 years ago, 60 years ago. Like, it kind of is what it is. Um, all right. Um, while Stefan was talking about his love of new music, I was reading about how Pat Militich was in D.C. for the fucking oh, insurrection. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds that sounds about right. Um, I think that's it we got for this week. Um, a bit of a shorter show than we we're used to this week. Um 
If you're listening to us and listen to us, looking at something else to listen to besides our great podcast, I'm finally listening to season two of Slow Burn, um, which is a podcast about a specific moment in history, like a, a scandal of sorts. The first season was about Watergate. Second season, which I'm listening to, is about the Lewinsky-Clinton um, shit, for lack of a better term. I think season three might be Tupac and Biggie. Season four might be uh, David Duke, the guy who used to run the uh, mm-hmm. KKK. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you listened to this at all, Marcus? Slow, slow burn? No, of course not. <laughs> oh, no, okay. You were nodding like you were listening to this. No, I'm like, I know who, Mark's really into it. I know who yeah. uh, Duke is. And yeah, did, but, didn't, um, didn't he run for office in L.A. or something? He ran for president once. Okay. There was that. Maybe that was uh, He might do better now than he did then. Yeah. The way things are going. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to that. I listened to the uh, New Day. The New Day's podcast this week was just them um, with um, Antonio, with um, them, Cesaro, Tyler Breeze, and the former Eric Rowan telling stories about Brody Lee. Um, really nice podcast. Um, if you're trying to be sad, I guess. You can also listen to Jericho's podcast, though he's canceled for like the sixth time this year, as I told Stefan, um, where he had all the uh, bunch of the AEW people talking about Brody too. So if you're looking for that, that's out there too. But yeah, um, uh, that's it for this week. Um, we'll see y'all next week. Um, we'll make our picks for the Conor McGregor card. We'll see if we'll get our usual Conor McGregor spike in listenership. You know, like we normally happens when Conor and Ronda would fight. It's all we got at this point, folks. Do we um, do better or worse when we it's a Connor love fest versus it's a Connor hate fest? What what does better? I don't know. I've realized me just putting the tag McGregor as like doesn't work because like <laughs> just people don't care unless he's fighting. No, I guess the McGregor. One. Hat. I, yeah, I'm not lying because we talk about Connor a lot, and I just bring him like, oh, we talked about McGregor. Hashtag McGregor. No one cares unless he's fighting. That's what you that know. Makes sense. That jives. You know, our fans know. <laughs> you know, I bet. I, you know what? I bet like. You got to take advantage of what's hot in the news. I bet WWE is out there uh, promoting their old 1998 pay-per-view insurrection. You know, that's the one they're putting out right now. I'm sure getting a lot of hits. They're getting a lot of hits this week. They're like, oh, shit, Undertaker and Stone Cold from London? What was this? I'll watch that. Um, All right, guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, We should have Mike back next week. um, Previewing the McGregor card. Previewing the Magni and uh, Kiesa fight. Michael Chandler's UFC debut. We'll talk about that, too. Um... Until until then, I was Dr. Law, that was Kit Presentable, and that was DJ Mark. Thank you all so much for listening. For the love of God, stay stay safe and wear your mask. Peace out. See ya. Cheers. Cheers.